This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Brothers by Bond. On today's show, we talk with... I'm Philip Bazemore. I'm from Queens, New York. I serve as the business operations manager for Esquire Litigation Group. It's primarily located out of Jacksonville, Florida. It's a law firm that practices personal injury and civil rights. My name is Charles Tucker Jr. I am the managing partner of the Tucker Moore Group here in Hyattsville, Maryland. I'm a practicing attorney for the past 22 years, practicing employment law, criminal defense, and civil litigation for small businesses. And I'm an associate uh, professor teaching business law and civil procedure uh, for the last, what, 20 years. Uh, I teach graduate and uh, post-doc courses uh, in which I actually train psychologists uh, to become criminal and civil uh, trial experts. I'm Judge Carlos Moore. I'm a municipal judge, both in Grado, Mississippi and Clarksdale, Mississippi. I'm also the managing partner of the Cochran Firm Mississippi Delta as well as the president-elect of the National Bar Association, which is the oldest and largest association primarily comprised of African-American lawyers and judges in the nation, founded in 1925. So I'm happy to take the helm in July of this year and look forward to serving on behalf of the people. Authors of The Five Brothers about the benefits of creating and maintaining meaningful adult friendships. More so, we go into how to break through toxic masculinity and stereotypes that hold back men's ability to express and receive love. I'm Dr. Alexis Moreno, and you're listening to Wit and Reason. Welcome to Wit and Reason, hosted by psychologist Dr. Alexis Moreno. 
Dr. Moreno brings her expertise to providing smart and practical explanations on human behavior by interviewing diverse health experts regarding today's ever-evolving life and culture, turning social science and research into relatable, accessible, and useful information you can use. Listen now as Dr. Moreno brings a little bit of positive mental health to your day. My first question is, um, I, your, your book is titled The Five Brothers, um, but I understand that you are not brothers by blood, but by bond. So starting off, I mean, how did you all connect and, and meet each other? One of the individuals I come across who was actually not only was he hiring law graduates, but he was also, you know, serving his time, which is rare, you know, was uh, Judge Carlos Moore. And I noticed he was doing it kind of early on in his career. So, you know, I went up to him and kind of introduced myself and told me I was kind of proud of what he was doing Um, because it it was rare for me to see an individual coming out, volunteering their time, and then not only volunteering their time, but kind of giving those individuals jobs. So I'm like, you know, that's, that's a brother I'd love to connect with one day. So uh, I heard he was running for national uh, president of the National Bar of an organization who I wasn't supporting, but I wanted to support him. And, you know, so I, I think I pledged some money, you know, a good, good chunk of money. And, you know, he didn't win that time, but he, you know, appreciated the contribution and we started connecting. And over text message, you know, we've, we formed a, you know, we didn't, we didn't put pen to paper. We actually over text messages, uh, doctor, and maybe 95 text messages later, we formed Tucker Moore Group. And that relationship led to, you know, he's good friends with Travis Buchanan, who's good friends with Dr. Campbell, you know, bada bing, bada boom. Then we all happened to be at a conference in Vegas, uh, you know, with the with the Vegas brothers. And then, you know, Vegas bringing everyone together. Absolutely. (laughs) For real change. uh, Mr. Philip Bazemore, he tagged along. And, you know, so instead of four, we became five. Oh, that's awesome. And and Judge Carlos, what is it like for you to hear Charles reflect on 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 his process of like getting to know you and learning about you and, and being proud of your work? You know, he hit the nail on the head. Uh, the respect is mutual. Uh, Charles grew up in uh, New York. And of course, I told you I'm a Mississippian. And so it was interesting that I was looking for a law partner and he was looking for a law partner. And it took uh, me finding a, a, a city slicker and him finding a, a country bumpkin, as they say, to be partners. But it's uh, a strange combination, but it's work. Uh, we have uh, big city talent with small uh, city values. And so we've been uh, able to uh, reach the masses with the Tuckerboard Group and then the copying firm approached us and asked us to merge with them. So uh, we've become the copying firm here in Mississippi and we're still operating as Tucker Moore uh, Group in, in Maryland. And so that's how we met the other guys. Of course, I've known Travis since I've been involved 20 years with the National Bar Association. Uh, and then uh, we convinced him to join Cochran and Phil and his boss were uh, interested in Cochran at that point. And so we were all in Vegas. Uh, but I have long admired what, what Charles has done with the National Black Law Students Association. 
and we reconnected in 2016. He was there advising them and I was there receiving, I think, an alumnus of the year award for the Southern region. And so we've been in contact since and started our firm in 2017 and the rest is history. So I think it was uh, predestined for us to, to join uh, as partners and, and now brothers and then to expand. And so we're glad to uh, to all be together and have Phil as our, as our little brother that we never had, so. <laughs> all right, so, so Philip, the little brother. <laughs> does this does all this sound pretty accurate to you from from what you remember how everyone joined together and what was what was your personal experience with with uh, getting connected with everyone so i was last to get involved with everybody i got a chance to see their brotherhood already in process when we met in vegas and it was something that was attractive and it was a it was a group of people that i at the time graduated law school maybe three years out at that moment and to see these professionals carry themselves so well in an environment that was the best of the best to see them and to know that I wanted to be a part of that group just to be a fly on the wall was probably what I thought at the moment and then once we got into having conversations and realized how much we had in common and you'll read that in the book that our upbringings are pretty pretty familiar, especially for being so far apart uh, in origin. And it was at that moment that I felt certain clinks and we were starting to connect. And, uh, <laughs> and then it, it, it became the five brothers. And I, I was and am still really impressed with our, our friendship. Yeah, so how do you, how do you all kind of balance um, and, and navigate that professional relationship that you all have and and the more you know sincere and and friendly and um almost familial relationship that you all share well everybody has a role uh so to speak what was interesting and it, you know i think it's kind of highlighted in the book is that we were all you know connected right with the exception of phil and you know, but we would hang out, we would, you know, eat, break bread together, you know, doc, but we never knew certain things about each other, right? So when we, you know, we posted a picture uh, in Vegas, you know, Judge Moore was, you know, he's very good at, at tagging pictures, you know, coming up with these little, little phrases. And he, you know, put a phrase on one of the pictures we posted from the Vegas trip you know, who said black boys can't amount to nothing, uh, you know, judges, lawyers, doctors, and the picture went viral. And I mean, it went crazy, you know, and that's nothing new for him. But, you know, for, for us, you know, it was different. And we started talking about doing a book because we got, you know, a couple of uh, publicists started reaching out to us and said, you guys ever think about doing a book? We're like, yeah, but we have no stories. Like, you know, like what? And, you know, and again, I, I've known Carlos a number of years. He's known Travis. But, you know, so we, again, on text message, we started texting our stories, you know. And, and you know, for the first time, I heard, you know, that my, my, my law partner, you know, was raised by a single mother and, and, and really didn't, uh, had hadn't had the opportunity to really connect with his dad and met his dad once. And, you know, there's a story there, you read that in the book. And, you know, them not knowing about my relationship with my dad and how it has impacted me. And, you know, and then, you know, Doc, 
again, you know, Doc, who we know, and wearing all these, you know, flashy clothes, but to hear about his humble upbringing and 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 how he was sleeping on a subway in, in New York City, and it was just like, wow. And it, it, the interesting point in all that, Doc, is brothers, men don't really share that stuff, right? You know, it's not common. You know, when we go to the barbershop, we talking about sports or we talking about somebody on TV, right? But we're not really sharing. Oh, by the way, did you know I didn't really speak to my dad for a couple of years? Did you know I never knew him? No, never, you know? And we definitely are not sharing that in our individual relationships. So this was different, you know, to come together uh, as friends and then more closely as brothers um, was, I think, something remarkable that came out of the book. Yeah, that, that's a really notable experience that you all had, that it, it was just kind of, it, it started with this concept of a book <laughs> and you're like, well, we don't have any stories. What, what are we gonna talk about? Um, but it just opened that door to, to really reflect and like openly disclose like and share with one another like you know who you are where you come from what experiences you've had in your life and upbringing and I'm curious I mean like it was all done via text but what what was that process like for you all to to start sharing those types of things did it feel like very comfortable and natural because there was already an established trusted relationship with one another or was it still a little uh kind of you know vulnerable for you to start talking about? I think it was a little more comfortable in that we had someone to run interference. We had a, a ghostwriter who was a lady by the name of uh, Mary, Mary Boyce out of Dallas. And so she had did some work with Tom Joyner. And so uh, the publicist had reached out to her who had also worked with Tom Joyner and they got together. And so Mary was, she ran interference for us. So we really told her our stories. And then when she sent out the first draft, that's when we started realizing about each other because we didn't, I mean, as guys, we don't sit, sit around and talk about that as Charles said. And so we realized we had a lot of things in common. Uh, we shared a few things about our takes, but the most of it, the, the meat and potatoes came out when we started the first draft. We had shared things with Mary. Um, and then when we met in person with her in Dallas, we heard a few things that uh, some of the questions she asked us in person. A lot of the individual uh, interviews were done just one-on-one -on -one with, with the ghostwriter, so that helped having a, um, a lady to talk to, as well as having someone to run interference. Right. Uh, but it was interesting. I didn't. I never knew that Phil was a, a victim of police brutality. Uh, I didn't know the relationship that Charles had. And of course, um, I don't sit around and just tell everyone I was born to a single mother. Uh, and so I never would have known that Doc had been homeless or had, had to walk nine miles to school in Jamaica. Never would have known that Travis uh, grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth, but still had his parents a divorce. And that was very hard on him in the custody battle. And so while we are all first generation professionals, we never would have known each other's life story in details because it's just not something that guys do. Uh, it was interesting that I tell uh, my truth in, in the book where I found out at eight years old that my stepfather who adopted me was not my biological father. And then one of my friends in North Carolina reached out to me and said, it's, it was uh, amazing and harrowing to, to read uh, your story because at 29, he found out that his supposed father uh, was not his biological father. So uh, he, he saw how I dealt with that Aiden and how he had to deal with it at 29 when he found out the truth. So everyone has a journey and an experience, but a lot of times we, we don't we don't share it. And so this was cathartic. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Like having Mary kind of prompt you all for questions and, and help do some exploring and then 
connect all of your stories together. Seems like it was a really cathartic experience for mm-hmm. you. What about for for you, Philip? Was that a similar process for you? And and yeah. how did you feel to start, you know, sharing more of yourself? It uh, cathartic for sure. Yeah. The the questions that you get asked, and more importantly, the way that the conversations kind of developed from your initial answer, it was therapeutic. And as we had several versions of the book put together, when we first initially didn't have an idea of what uh, we all had kind of gone through, when we see, when we did read those versions and you were able to read that one person's being so honest and open and then another person has that ability to kind of meet them there and, and, and we grew in that way. And so for me, I would say it was it was it was rough because you you express an opinion. I, I mean, my mom, my book is written uh, in large part for single mothers who are raising their first child, and and for my mom, it was her son, and not really having a game plan outside of you know make sure he does well in school, and you know I, I shared that I thought it was it was hard for her being the first the first child that she had, and when you have those experiences. Um, where you can see that other people are letting loose, and and I was I was getting so much from reading the other brothers, uh, you know, their upbringings that I, I was able to give more in that. And then it was self fulfilling in that the reason that we did we wrote the book, yeah, we were encouraged to because we had people looking forward to our stories. But while we were writing it, I was looking forward and, and able to see what I expect the readers to be able to get, which is an opportunity to know they're not alone and to find some encouragement in each person's story. And uh, it wasn't like that at the beginning. It was it was very open, but by the time we we built on what we had gotten started with it, it was, um, we, we do have jokes about who cried and <laughs> who, who, who was able to stay strong through all of the sessions. Crying and so, so strong, okay. <laughs> <laughs> crying is, Crying is still strong because I was one of the persons that cried. And so (laughs) I'm going to say that too. Good. Yeah. And I I see, Philip, I see um, Judge Carlos and and Charles nodding their heads. Sounds sounds like you two had similar um, experiences with Philip, especially around the fact that your your discomfort potentially in, in sharing your story and being vulnerable and open. started to become something that was bigger than yourself. You know, it was it was more for your community and for other people who might have similar experiences. And that's the part that was really a major motivating factor for you through all of this. Yeah, I would say that uh, that's, that's definitely true. And you also got to see how normal your, your, your upbringing was. Um, I know Charles, while well, he had his natural father there in the house and was raised by his dad, and his mom, I had my stepfather who adopted me. And after I realized uh, he was not my blood father, I always wondered why he never told me he loved me. He demonstrated his love. He worked every day, he was a shipbuilder, a welder, was real hardworking. But I mean, I'm 43 years old. And if he's told me he loved me verbally, I don't recall it. Uh, I know he loves me. And I heard Charles tell the same story about his natural father in the same house. That's not something, and I guess evidently that generation of men does not were not grown or accustomed to uh, verbalizing I love you to their sons, maybe to their daughters. Uh, and that's just not something they did. And so it's, I got to figure out that must be normal. Now our generation, uh, we are probably more 
verbal. Uh, Charles has a son. I have a daughter. So, of course, I tell my daughter I love him all the time. I'll have to see what I do with my son. But I, hearing what Charles does with his son, he, he verbalizes it. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So, so what did you all learn from this experience, both from reflecting on your own lives and upbringing to learning from you know, each other's experiences? What kind of takeaways did you gain from this whole process of being more open with one another? Well, for me, uh, you know, it was definitely cathartic, you know, and I had gotten the heads up, you know, that, you know, be, be careful, Mary Boyce is coming with these deep questions, you know, because, you know, Carlos already had went and he was like, you know, he was left up curled on, on a ball, you know, Wow. <laughs> self-soothing that, that's, that's, I was like, oh wow I said no that's not gonna happen for me I'm good I'm prepared and I can tell you doc it was she asked me a simple question and she said um she said you know what was driving you this whole time and you know I no one's ever asked me that you know it's like, oh you know you're successful you do this you know but no one's ever asked me why. And I just started thinking about it. And I said, well, you know, I, I guess. And it wasn't a guess, right? Because anytime, I mean, you know, Doc, you know, in your experience, anytime a person says they think or they guess, they always know the answer, right? You always know the answer to yourself. Like we, we, we lie to other people, but you can't really lie to yourself. It's just, to me, I guess it's been, um, subdued or, you know, I kind of buried it. I've never really asked myself the question, like, what was I? And, you know, so the answer is, you know, I was, you know, I grew up in a household of girls and I was the only boy and I was trying to gain my dad's approval. Uh, so, you know, I, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to, you know, I wanted him to, you know, recognize me and, and you know, notice me. You know, that may sound weird or crazy, but I, I wanted his approval. Uh, and I, I guess I needed that. So I tried to be the best student, the, you know, the best uh, worker, whatever I did, I wanted to, you know, be the best because I wanted his approval. And I don't ever think I admitted that. And when she asked me that question, it was like, wow. Ooh, okay. And then, you know, the, the, the release, you know, came and uh, I guess I finally was honest with myself about, you know, what really makes Charles Tucker Jr. tick. And yeah, I'm hearing from like just across the board, like how impactful your relationships were with your, with the people who, who were there for you with, from day one, you know, from with your parents or, or Judge Carlos, what are, what are your thoughts around either how to even motivate, motivate people, particularly like boys and men to recognize like, this is an asset, you know, to have strong bonds with other men. Um, and then how to go about doing it. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's difficult in some aspects, but now that we've done it, uh, as long as we've done it, it's becoming more, more natural. Same with Charles. I mean, I can count on one hand, how many people I call friends, um, lots of acquaintances, but, um, my wife has tons of girlfriends and they hopping on the phone all the time and coming by the house and doing this and doing that. But guys, we just don't really do that. Uh, and it's either a business relationship or it's a family relationship or something, but, or it's competing in sports or doing something. You don't really just 
hang out, hang out. It's, it's, it's competition doing this or it's business or whatever, but here we uh, develop a bond and we can just hang out without competing against each other. And a lot of times it does turn into a competition at, at points and it, it, that makes it a lot of fun, but we never uh, get too competitive where we lose sight of, uh, of the friendship or the, or the brotherhood. And so uh, that's been good. And um, I just think you, because we have a, a achieved certain acclaim at this point, uh, what whether or not we want to be mentors or leaders, I mean, just being president uh, elect of an association of 66,000 black lawyers and judges, uh, the upcoming lawyers, um, the law students, the pre-law students, they're looking up to me. And what I do, uh, because I've been successful, the same thing with Charles, with him being successful, I mean, what we do, uh, and then us looking youthful doing it, I mean, it makes us look cool and hip. And so if we can be cool and hip and do it, they gonna do the same thing and model the same behaviors that we demonstrate. Same thing with Phil, with him being in his early 30s uh, and the rest of us being in our 40s, I mean, they're looking at him because he's closer to their age. And if he can be cool and hip and, and be expressive, uh, I think that uh, makes them more likely to do it. Yeah. What, what do you think, Philip? No, no pressure, but you gotta you gotta pass on the baton to the next generations to to acknowledge that like um, having close bonds with other men is is cool and hip. It is. It's it is the coolest thing that you could do is to find a male mentor if you're a male um, or a female mentor as a male too. But mentorship is important, and specifically for me in the book, I talk about finding the mentor for you. Uh, just like any situation, it might be the perfect person, but not the perfect time. And that's a lesson that, that I, you have to learn over and over again. And you'll see it kind of transition um, from one category to another. But staying with mentorship, for me, that, uh, that's something that you'll see. I talk about, I had a, a phenomenal person. I really looked up to the guy and I was providing great work in my understudy role. And at the same time, I was believing that there was going to be this job opportunity or I was going to be able to step up in his shoes at some point and, and fulfill that role that he was there, uh, that he was fulfilling. And, and it didn't work out that way. And I did not think that it was because of any, I thought it was something that I might have done. And so that's just an example of mentorship kind of going wrong. And one of the things you do have to do with every relationship is be able to move on. And so I found different mentors and in the brothers that I have right here with me, these, this book that we put together, I found mentors uh, for different categories of my life, not just my professional life, but you know, my personal life. And we all have several conversations consistently about more than one thing. And, and that's, and that's fulfilling. I, um, at the firm that I work at now, I, I got a boss and, and he's a male and, and you'll see in, in a lot of firms that, takes a certain courage to allow for somebody who's a male to, to hire another male. And, and now you both are working in that profession. And so, you know, hats off to him as well, because that, that was something that you'll see very often that as men, you have to take advantage or you have to be confident enough in yourself to allow somebody else who looks like you, who, who you know, can be very much like you and at the same time have that confidence to know that they're nothing like you and that's a good thing and, and to have that bond that I have I've been able to create with my male men, my male mentors in my life has been powerful and so you know with the guys that I'm looking at right here it's been a pleasure they know it <laughs> but since I get a chance to express it in front of everybody else it's, it's something that when you finally find the people around you that are going to give you good guidance, you, you don't let them go. 
I text them. Like, I think Charles is talking about me, but I do talk to him pretty frequently. How's it going? (laughs) And uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been great. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that, Philip. Um, Thank you all for for your time and for continuing this process of of vulnerability and openness, um, both in yourselves, Mary, uh, with, with all of your readers, um, and then with uh, us here at DC Radio and with all of our, our listeners. Thank you so much. We truly appreciate you all. Thank you, Dr. Moreno. I just want to plug the book. Uh, it's called The Five Brothers, Our Journey to Success in Law and Medicine. It's available on Amazon. It's an Amazon bestseller. So you won't be, <laughs> so you need to get it and see what the, the, uh, the hype is about. And thank you. Thank you, Philip. Charles, Judge Carlos, any anything yeah. else you want to add? Thank you, Dr. Moreno. It's been a pleasure. Uh, shout out to all your listeners. You have any insight to even have us on? Uh, I think the book is a is a it's a quality piece, and it just relates and, and transcends uh, different generations. I had a colleague who's in uh, in the academia, and he said it's a must read. Uh, for all of his students. He's talking about 20 something thousand students at the Southern New Hampshire University. And uh, he said he picked it up and he couldn't put it down. So uh, trust me, it, it's, it's, a, it's a worthwhile book. I don't think we realized what we were doing when we were doing it, uh, but it was a pleasure doing it with these brothers. And I'll just echo what Charles and Philip have said. Uh, thanks for having us. Thanks for providing this medium to speak with your listeners. I think it's uh, this has been cathartic in and of, in of itself to speak with you and your listeners. And so hopefully we have been a, a blessing or a light uh, guide to someone that's listening. And please do have us back again. Absolutely. Thank, thank you all so much. Visit witandreason.com to get links to the resources we shared on today's show. Free health webinars, fun videos, and all of our still virtual, but still very fun virtual events. Did you hear something on the show today that you relate to on a personal level? Share your story. Send us your recording on witandreason.com slash speak up, and we may be able to post it on our Brothers by Bond show page to help others navigate how to create adult friendships. A special thank you to our awesome radio producer, Shane Lewis, our sound engineer, Jessica Sturgis, and general manager, Max Myrick, and the whole DC radio team. And of course, our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And of course, thank you so much for listening. We're doing this for you. So subscribe, review, leave your comments, all about our show and wherever you get your podcasts. You can even take suggestions on what kind of topics you want. Also, make sure to connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Wit and Reason or at Dr. Dr. Alexis Moreno for some behind the scenes shots. And of course, follow DC Radio for our next show. I'm Dr. Alexis Moreno. Let's keep the conversation going.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.